This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project. You're tuned to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Real Wealth, and it's our pleasure, as always, to have in the studio from the Stuart Group in Hastings, Glenn Triller. How are you going, Glenn? Very well, thank you. Happy New Year to you. And to you. Good we to be here. We were talking off-air about uh, having a bit of R&R. It's good, isn't it? Uh, it's great. Yeah, three, uh, two to three weeks off, it uh, recharges your batteries and yeah. uh, back for another year. Two, uh, and uh, those holidays almost have faded into a dim, distant memory. Very much so. I've uh, still got a little bit of a tan to remind me of it. but um. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, look at this white English skin. It's <laughs> lovely, isn't it? <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it uh, again. <laughs> Anyway, today we're here to talk about all things serious, uh, a New Year financial health check and goals. And what should, we, what should we be doing, Glenn? What's the first thing we should do? I, I think the first thing, um, and I sort of suggest this for um, beginning of every year for people, is take a bit of a um, helicopter view of your current position. So just look at your current level of saving, um, your debt obligations, mortgage, higher purchase. A credit card tends to um, cast a shadow over many people this time of year, um, you know, through Christmas and New Year. Look at the interest rates that you're paying on those debts. Look at your investments, uh, whether it's an investment portfolio or KiwiSaver, mm-hmm. and uh, just look at your level of income and just get a broad understanding of what your situation is financially, what it is that you're paying in fees and interest, and um, from that you can then start taking action, making goals and putting things into place. Quite often see on TV, um, just as an aside, you know, that... Uh, what you have mentioned, everyone's got credit card debt and they owe this and they owe that. They've mm-hmm. got to pay their car, car off. And you see these ads come on, you know, put all your debts in one basket and come and get a loan off uh, Ken Morrison, sure, the loan guy. Is, is that a good way to look at uh, it, it can be. Mm. Um, I think the, the devil is in the detail and the fine print and, mm-hmm. and the interest that you're paying. Um, if you find that you have multiple debts and, and they're getting out of control, putting them into one basket can be very useful for you. But the important thing to do is to overpay. Don't don't try and take on a six, seven-year personal loan. Mm. Try and take a lower um, term loan yep. at a reasonable interest rate. Um the, the where people uh, make the greatest mistake is that they pay off all their debts, but their spending habits don't change or their borrowing mm. habits don't change. So they they feel um, relief that um, they've got it under control, and then they go off and they put something else on higher purchase or on tick, yeah, and they're back into that cycle. So yeah. yes, consolidate. But try and break the cycle as well. Yeah, sure. Now, mm. uh, the next thing we're going to talk about, which is, it sounds great like a New Year's resolution. <laughs> Set a budget <laughs> and stick to it. I mean, it sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And look, um, I'm very much aware budgets often don't work for people. Yep. Um, it's not how a lot of people live their lives. What I would encourage you to do, so if you were to set a budget, ensure that it's realistic and reasonable, that you're not just trying to 
cut costs and, and the like. If it's not going to be reasonable, mm-hmm. you're not going to stick to it. Well, it's a bit like dieting, isn't it? Exactly that. Yeah. Okay, so it needs to be realistic. It also needs to be flexible and understand that in certain months or even in seasons, mm-hmm. things are going to cost more than other times of the year. Yeah. Like electricity in winter, expect to pay more, and that's okay. Um, but, of course, budgets often don't work for people, but I would at least encourage um, all our listeners to ensure that they have an understanding of where their money is going to. Mm. What the banks have been very good at doing is they now have apps on their internet banking. Most banks have it. And um, it, there often is a small cost or subscription service. But in a pie graph form, at a click of a button, it will show to you where your money is being spent. Mm. So, you know, 38% is being spent on food, 12% is being spent on alcohol, or maybe the other way around. But you yeah. understand. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it really does paint a picture of where your money is going and very useful. Do you find that people who come and see you, it's a bit like that old saying, leopards never change their spots, and that unless you've been sort of inducted into good habits from an early age, like saving that, you know, mm. here you come and you say, geez, I need your advice, Glenn, what am I going to do? And you say, wow, you're spending too much here and you're spending too much there, and then for the next couple of months, you know, I'm a good boy. But then you go back to your old ways, is it? Yeah, and some people doing that is very, very hard to break, isn't it? Mm. Um, and some people, it takes a eureka moment to truly yeah. find, um, to come to realise that um, they do need to change their ways. But part of this is education. Part of it is just understanding, you know, we're going to talk about retirement and KiwiSaver mm. today as well, but understanding how much you need in retirement, how much you should be putting away for a rainy day and the like yep. to get a better appreciation of what, what you actually need to do. Well, everyone wants to pay off debt. Give us mm. some ideas. How, how do we start doing that? Well, you mentioned it before. Uh, one of the ways is if you've got um, many small loans, credit cards, so one idea may be debt consolidation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've also seen people do this in a mortgage form whereby – Either they top up on their mortgage to repay the credit cards and the personal loans or do a revolving credit type facility. Is that robbing Peter to pay Paul though? It is if you you, um, borrow money over 25 years Mm. to pay off a four-year debt – yeah. Then absolutely, yeah. you're going to be worse off long term. Yeah. Okay. So the the real key there is if you borrow money on the mortgage to repay short term debt, is that you step your mortgage payments up. Mm-hmm. So you repay that portion of the mortgage in about the same time or thereabouts as what you would have done. Yeah. But you're paying at a much lower interest rate. Sure. Okay. The other thing also is um, have a look at what your current mortgage payments are. You know, I, I, we've heard these stories before, but if, to give you an example, a $250,000 mortgage at a floating interest rate over 30 years is about $341 per week. Yeah. You would pay about $283,000 over 30 years. That's a lot of money. If you put an extra $60 a week on it, mm-hmm. a little bit over $60 mm-hmm. a week, you take 10 years off and you save over hundred grand in interest. So it doesn't take much to... You know, take time with your mortgage and to save some real money. And until you actually see that figure in black and white as I'm looking at it on this bit of paper you gave me, mm. it doesn't mean anything until you actually see it in writing and think, wow. Well, yeah, a- a- absolutely. You know, that, that $250,000 mortgage, if you're paying $280,000 in interest mm. plus the principal back, mm. that's an expensive property you just bought. That um, is. And, and remember, um, I think also a little bit of a change of um, thought process Interest is a fee. 
Yes. So I hear people say they've got a fees-free credit card or fees-free this. No, they didn't because you're paying interest, and that's yeah. a fee. Yeah. I wonder that when you look at paying off your debt, um, you know, someone who's getting $50,000 a year in general – they live to their $50,000. Sure. Someone who's getting $100,000, the guy's getting fifty. looks at that guy and says, wow, yeah. so he's getting $100,000. Yeah. But that yeah. guy, he's living up to his $100,000, and the guy's getting one hundred and fifty. they are probably living to the max, aren't they, most I, people? I see this so often yeah. that, um, you know, you your lifestyle changes comparable to how much you mm. earn. Yeah. Um, and, and, look, I, I, um, I know that um, the more you earn, the argument is that you can do greater cost savings and pay down debt faster. But often also you, you may live in a property which is more expensive. Sure. You've got a higher mortgage commitment and the like. So you have butter instead of margarine. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, now planning for our retirement. Now, this sounds good, but again, again I sort of bring it back to what we just talked about, about paying off debt and uh, how much money have you got coming in. I think that most people in this day and age, Glenn, might think, yeah, well, that sounds good, but who's got anything left over? Sure, yeah, I, I know. And I think the key message I would like to get across today would be, you know, many people have KiwiSaver, mm. probably the majority of people, yep. which, which is good. Find out who is your KiwiSaver with, because many people don't actually know. How is it invested? Is it in conservative? Is it balanced? Or is it a more growth-orientated fund? Okay. So you can actually make some changes. Just taking your KiwiSaver from a conservative approach to a more growth approach Mm. can earn you tens of thousands of dollars between now and retirement, depending on your situation. And that would come with a caveat, though, wouldn't it, that uh, if you were 60, you might not want to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it all depends on um, the stage of life that you're at and your your Mm. time horizon and the like. But if you're a younger person and you're in a conservative fund, just by making a switch, Mm. if it's right for you, to a um, growth fund could earn you tens of thousands of dollars. And that's a really easy change to make. So just get an understanding Make sure that you're contributing enough to get members tax credits. Yep. So it's about a thousand and forty-two dollars, or just over per year, you had to put in, and the government will match that fifty percent, five hundred twenty-one dollars. I quite often hear um, figures bantied around that when you retire, and you know, I'm not far away from that. And they say, well, if you want to maintain a reasonable lifestyle, you've got to have four hundred seventy thousand dollars in the bank. Yes. Well, I'm a bit worried. Okay, <laughs> which you had heard that a few a few moons ago. I look, um, I, I, I've heard this as well, and I, and I understand the argument. I think everybody's situation is different, and certainly many of us who will not have this sort of money come retirement, mm-hmm. don't be too disillusioned. Don't use it as a cashless or an excuse just to say, "Look, it's all too hard. So I'm not going to save." Because yeah. having something to top up national super. Is a downside better than having nothing at all? Dead right. Okay. What's your opinion on um, reverse mortgages? So as you get to a certain age, you get near retirement, and you might be sitting in a house which is worth I don't know half a million bucks or eight hundred thousand mm. dollars, and um, you say, "Oh, well, I would like a new car, I'd like a motorhome. Why don't I just go and borrow two hundred fifty thousand dollars and have everything I want, but have one of those reverse mortgages? Are they a good thing?" Yeah. Opinions are divided on um, reverse mortgages. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are a real advocate for them. Yep. Um, some people very much not so. Um, I think reverse mortgages have a place to play and will probably become more prevalent as time goes by. Um, just coming back to your comment before, that a lot of people will retire without the funds that they would ideally like. Mm. So reverse mortgage does allow you to borrow money. You don't make repayments. Interest is accrued on the mortgage year on year. 
And my understanding is the bank guarantees that there'll be no negative equity at the end of the term sure. and they won't force a sale. I think what you need to understand is if you're not paying any principal or interest is accruing, your mortgage increases year on year. And at the end of the term, you come to sell the property, those funds that may have been used, your equity to help you into a retirement home or to leave for your loved ones upon your demise may just not be there. Mm-hmm. So that's a discussion you want to be having and seeking independent advice. But I believe it has its place to play in the market. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you've just said it, but so the one big reason that you might suggest to someone listening to this saying, no, don't do it, what, what would be the main reason not to do it? The main reason not to do it would be that um, you'll find yourself, your, your your equity in your family home will diminish over mm-hmm. time. Um, compounding interest um, when it's owed as a loan compounds very quickly. Mm. Okay. And um, you'll find at the end of it that the equity in the home may be very little at all. You won't have anything um, left to leave to loved ones, and that's probably the main sure. reason why you wouldn't do it. What happens if you run out of equity? Can they come along and say, okay, well, look, we've got to get out? My understanding is that the bank guarantees that um, you will not be left in negative equity. So okay. you can stay in there till the bitter end? Yeah, you, you can. Um, just be aware, though, that um, I believe the most that you can borrow on reverse mortgages is up to about 30 or 35% mm-hmm. of the value of the property. All right. So they have all these calculations in the bank to help ensure, based on average age and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. that you won't go into negative equity, all things being equal. Now, everything sounds pretty simple so far, but we've got to be organised and we've got to stay organised. How do we do that? Uh, I think, um, yeah, what, what, like I say, having a helicopter view, understanding what you're paying out every month. Also seek a professional. Now, this will differ depending on your situation. Mm-hmm. For people with um, funds available to invest, it may be coming to see somebody like myself, a financial advisor. Yep. For other persons, it may be um, seeking advice from a budgeting service. Another good place to um, start maybe your personal banker at your branch. Yeah. Um, you know, um, opening up is your current banking arrangements, your mortgages, your credit cards appropriate for you, your day to day banking, how you do your banking, is there a better way of doing it to save in fees and just to make things easier? So, depending on your situation, seek advice. Um, and of course, you know, for some people, it will be creating a written financial plan because unless you put it on paper, the chances are you're sure. not going to actually carry it. No. Yeah. Credit cards are a good point. I mean, I know that uh, some years ago um, our bank approached us and said, look, yeah, hey, we, we want you to have this much money. Mm. And I said to my wife, well, we don't need that much money in credit. Yeah, but it's, they said, but it's here if you want it. Correct. And yep. it's so easy to say, yeah, we'll have that. Yep. And all of a sudden you've got $25,000 on your credit card that you can just, yeah, yeah, it's not a problem, just go shopping. Go and spend. Is that a good idea? Or should you um, go to your bank and say, look, what I want is I want a credit card, but I want this limit on it. Yeah. And, and that's the approach you should take. Um, you know, uh, overall, I'm an advocate for credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think majority of people... Um, Need a credit card? Yeah, I mean, just absolutely. paying for things online, paying for accommodation and um, travel and what have you. So, credit card is important. It becomes an issue, um, and even that limit is not an issue unless you actually go and spend it, right? Exactly. Um, it's tempting, so, though, isn't it? Yeah, and it's very high interest rates. So, if you do a cash advance on a credit card, 
interest rates immediately, mm-hmm. cash advance fee, and is a, at a higher rate of interest. Mm. Okay, um, so it's really down to the individual. But certainly, you should cap it. I mean, is two thousand dollars enough? Is five thousand dollars enough? Yeah. Um, twenty-five grand. Do you really need twenty-five thousand no. dollar limit on a credit card? No, you do not. Mm. Especially if you've got two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about an emergency fund? Again, that sounds good if you can save for an emergency fund. What's, why is it such a good idea to have an emergency fund? Yeah, the emergency fund idea is, uh, and look, I'm very much aware that um, a lot of people that will be out of reach for, mm-hmm. but but many people won't be either. Mm-hmm. So. Two, we sort of suggest maybe having three months of available cash in order for you. So if you, when you look at what you're spending each month, your times are by three, your commitments, your day-to-day living. So if something happens to you, if you can't work, you lose your job, that you can continue to run your household. Mm-hmm. Okay. So ideally a cash fund would be ideal. Okay. And for some people that will be money sitting in a investment portfolio. But even maybe having access to a cash fund for people who don't have the spare money, maybe having access to it through like a line of credit on their mortgage is once again as long as it doesn't burn a hole in their pocket mm. in good times either. Okay, but just to, so what I what I would ask people is ask yourself this question: If something happens to me today, I have no income for the next three months. What happens? Yep. So it's just trying to address that issue. Exactly. Now, if we've got everything in place and it's ticking along quite nicely, we need to not just let it do that. We need to review it, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, so I mentioned KiwiSaver before. Yeah. So um, the quickest and cheapest thing to do with KiwiSaver, what sort of fund are you in? Does it suit your stage of life? Okay. If you're a younger person, the argument is maybe you should be in a higher growth fund. That will earn you potentially tens of thousands of dollars yep. okay just by that small change um what fees are you paying on KiwiSaver? what fees are you paying in your investment portfolio fees matter okay um and for those with an investment portfolio how's it performing how's it performing um so as an advisor we we benchmark our portfolios against certain market indices mm-hmm. index how is our client's portfolios performing against that market index? Mm. Are you getting market return? Are you getting less than market return? And what's the reason behind it? So just get having an appreciation of that. So you know, having a review of that probably every six months would be ideal. Yeah. I read an interesting article of, uh, while I was on holiday, and it was about this woman who lived in England. She still does. And she decided that uh, she was not going to have anything frivolous for one year. Mm-hmm. Didn't buy any new clothes. Yep. Didn't have a takeaway didn't go to the movies, didn't do anything other than buy the basics of life. Didn't buy chocolate biscuits. It was three very three square meals a day, sure. nothing else. Managed to save £21,000, but she was quite glad when the end of the year came that she could celebrate with a pizza. <laughs> but you, you have to live, right? <laughs> you, you do have to. That's right. And I thought to me, I thought to myself, is that living? It's not yeah, really, is it? No, no. And you need to strike that balance. Yeah. Um, you know, I've heard other uh, financial commentators um, along the way, sort of saying you should cut back on this, that, and everything else. Yeah, but you need to strike that balance. Your yep. Life needs to be enjoyed. Okay. Sure. There's a reason why you earn money. Yeah. Um, yes, you put food on the table, but. You know, if you if you are on a program where you're really trying to save money, that's great. That's to be commended. Yep. 
but also reward yourself every now and again as well. Of course. I, I wouldn't advocate going 12 months without rewarding yourself. No. You know, have that chocolate biscuit every once in a while. Exactly. You, you, you understand. Have that glass of wine and, and the yeah. like. So just reward yourself. What about insurances? I mean, um, my wife and I reviewed our car insurances the other day. We've been merely paying pretty much the same amount for years and years and years. Mm. And then we looked at our cars and we thought, hmm. Well, my car is probably only worth about seven thousand dollars now. Yeah. But we were paying insurance on uh, an eleven thousand dollar car. Yeah. And and I think that probably most insurance companies wouldn't ring you up and say, "Oh, by the way, Ken, if you smash that car up, we're actually only going to give you seven thousand dollars." Correct. Yeah. So that's we should be. You know, you can have too much insurance, can't you? You can. Um, both in general insurance, like you mentioned, um, house car contents mm. insurance. Um, just one thing on that: um, pay particular attention to your insurance on your property, mm. on your family home. Most insurance policies are now dollar value based, mm-hmm. and that was coming out of the Christchurch earthquake. Yep. So pre that, it was mostly based on square meterage, we will replace your home no matter what it costs. Now it's up to you to name your dollar figure. Mm. So you need to do quite a bit of homework on that because you don't want to be underinsured. And if you're overinsured, then you're just wasting premium. Sure. Okay. Um, but also your risk insurance, your life insurance, your income protection, your medical cover or health insurance, you can be overinsured. Um, yeah. you know, and once again, that's wasting premium. Do you actually need that much insurance? But worse than that, you can be underinsured as well if something was to happen to you. Yeah. So have a review of it. Speak to whether it's your broker or financial advisor and, and have a look at these things. Just re- with regard to that insuring your house, have you got enough or have you not got enough? Mm. Um, someone mentioned to me that you can do that online, look at your square footage. But then unless you're a bit of a builder... Absolutely. You know, you think, oh, well. This is a real catch. If you go online, if you go through about three or four different calculators, you're going to get three or four different answers. Mm. Um, I, I insure with the AA insurance mm-hmm. myself on my house insurance. And I called them up and I said, look, X amount of dollars I'm insured for. If I'm overinsured, can I build a better home? No. Mm-hmm. If, if you're overinsured by, say, $50,000, $75,000, it's simply a waste of premium. Yeah. Okay. Um, and would they have told you that in the first place? I mean, if no, you said, look, I, it, it's over to They would have just taken the, the money from you. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can just be throwing premium away. Yeah. Now, there is a cost to what I'm about to say. Ideally, you would get a registered valuer to do a insurance valuation um, or valuation on your home for insurance purposes. Mm. They will tell you the cost of a total rebuild. That also in cost, um, includes, by the way, the cost of clearing the site. Mm. Dump fees, yep. architect fees, council fees. There's a lot of money you had to spend before you put pegs in the ground and rebuild your Dead home. Dead right. Um, so that gives you, on day one, a line of the sand, where to base it from, and then you just in- increase the um, amount of insurance year on year by building costs. And there is accurate things on the web that you can find out, cost of building, yep. year on year. But I think if you can get a benchmark, it will cost five or $600. Mm-hmm. Money well spent. Money well spent, and but in particular, if you're underinsured... Bad news or something. Too right. Mm. Got about three minutes left, Glenn, no and uh, fittingly, we leave the the best to last. Dying, dying. Um, I plan to leave your financial house in order. We certainly in my line of work, I come across people who may not have wills, or if they do, their wills are woefully out of date. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, does your will reflect your wishes if you were to pass away today? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the first question you ask yourself. Um, have you allowed for the difference in the apportion of your assets to, say, your children or your loved ones? 
you may have helped one of your children out more financially in the past than others. So have you made that difference in a portion of your assets in your will? Do you have your enduring power of attorneys in place? If something were to happen, is there someone able to step in and make decisions on your behalf financially or for your health and well-being? And finally, do you have memorandum of wishes in place if you have a family trust? That's a bit like having a will, but for the assets owned by the trust. Sure. Okay. Good on you, Glenn. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Now, just remind our listeners before you get back to work, we need to come and see you for some uh, financial advice, either on uh, you know looking at where we're going for the year or just advice in general uh, regarding our money. Where do we come? Sure. So, Stuart Financial Group, we're at 204 Camera Road in Hastings. Our phone number is 0800 878 961. And we're open Monday to Friday, 8 o'clock to 5 p.m. Good on you, Glenn. As always, a pleasure. Take care. Talk to you same time, same place next time. Thank you. See you, This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a volunteer-based community access station. For more information, go to www.radiokidnappers.org.nz. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this program available through funding the Access Internet Radio Project.